Praise God. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in the putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Praise God. Really, the book of Colossians is like uh, the most condensed book full of great spiritual power. Uh, describing Jesus, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, and uh, all condensed into this short little little book. You see this this repeated theme of the preeminence of Christ, the 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 importance of the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. You see, the biggest problem of our world is the problem of sin. Everywhere you look in our world today and you see all kinds of activity, a lot of darkness and a lot of things that are going on in our world that are troubling and upsetting, it, uh, there's no cure for it outside of Jesus Christ. There is no cure for all the ills of this world outside of Jesus. Amen. You can get the best doctors, the best educators, the best counselors. You can look for every man-made uh, resource. Um, but it's, it's not the cure. It's not the answer because it's deeper. Many of the things that we see happening, uh, it's just the surface issue, the deeper issue is that they're under the power and the control of the enemy of their soul. So, so when you see the crime and the murder and the, uh, the, all the wickedness going on in our world, Hollywood spewing out all of its vile uh, wickedness, no amount of uh, effort, no amount of social change or rehabilitation is going to bring a cure to any of that. Nothing, nothing in this world is going to cure it except the message of Jesus Christ, the message of the gospel, the power of the cross. And so this morning I've, I have taken a, 
a song that's been recently sung. It's kind of popular, and some of our kids have sung it uh, at convention because it has just the title of the song even has, has quite a punch, as, in my uh, opinion. The cross has the final word. The cross has the final word. Amen. It all, everything in history was all looking to the day that Jesus went to the cross. And now we who are past the cross, living hundreds of years later, we all look back to the cross. The cross was the central event in the history of the world, in the history of all of, of mankind. The cross settled it all. The cross uh, resolved all of the issues and the problems of our world. When, they, when we look to the cross, we find a solution that cannot be provided in any man-made effort. And the reason is because of sin. Sin is the real problem. And I know that we are aware of that, um, but I don't know if we really, it's the cross that reveals to us the awfulness of our sin. The cross reveals how awful that sin is because it required that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, be taken to the cross and that his life would be uh, laid down there in that most horrible, uh, violent way. And it is a picture of the awfulness of the sins of mankind. That it required that Jesus go to the cross. And before you excuse yourself, let me just remind you that you were born into sin. You were born a sinner. And uh, it's hard to imagine. I know sometimes these cute little children running around that they can have within them that, that sin nature. But oh, they do. They do. And it doesn't take very long for it to be revealed that that, that nature is in them. That sin, that bent towards sin is in them and the only solution, the only cure is that everyone has an encounter with Jesus and everyone comes to the foot of the cross. Amen. It is the only way uh, and the only cure and the only answer. Erica, our oldest, when she was very, very little, and as you've heard me testify a lot of times, she's like nearly perfect. She's like this perfect person, perfect child, perfect baby. That's my estimation anyway. And, uh, but she's a little bitty girl, little bitty thing. And uh, uh, I know I've told this story, but I get to tell it again, if that's okay. She, uh, she had a ruler, a wooden ruler, and she walked up to me and she slapped me across the top of my hand with that ruler. I mean, it was hard and it didn't feel great. And so I don't remember if it was me or if it was Marcia that said, Erica, you need to tell your daddy that you're sorry. And she said, I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, it was the first time that I realized she was not perfect. <laughs> that she, even, even Erica, has this, had this nature, this sin nature in her, and she was born into sin, and she even... Even Erica needed a savior. Even Erica needed, needed, needed the Lord. And then we realized that later on with our other children, and our, uh, I, I remember one time Kara 
we had sent her from the, the living room and told her, you need to go to, you, to your room. I don't know if it was bedtime or, or if she was in trouble. I don't remember what the issue was, but we sent her to her room and uh, she came and stood in the doorway in the hallway looking into the living room and she said, if there was a door here, I'd slam it. I thought, what? <laughs> what is happening to my kids? I'll tell you what's happening. All of us were born into sin. All of us were born into sin. And there's no solution. There's no help. There's no way that they can be, it can be resolved. It is only every individual, your children, my children, your grandchildren, and my grandchildren are going to come to an age where they have an accountability, an understanding of their responsibility for their actions, and they are going to have to come to the foot of the cross. It is the only solution. It is the only cure. The only cure for sin is a savior. We need a savior. And, uh, you know, the apostle Paul, he could have impressed the crowds. He traveled on those missionary journeys, city to city. He could have impressed them with his education, with his uh, religious knowledge, with his vocabulary, spoke several languages, no doubt. Uh, he was a master of languages. I'm telling you, he could have impressed them with his natural abilities and his ability to communicate with them every city. But instead, he, he came into those cities and he said, I've determined to know nothing among you. I've determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power. And he said, I just have determined that when I come, I'm not going to try to impress you with my natural talents or abilities. I'm just going to come preaching Jesus and him crucified. Because that message, that message was the message that carried power in it. It carried power in it. And the only way that we can break the chains of sin and darkness in our world is to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. That's why this season of the year is so powerful. That's why it's so important that we preach the gospel. We preach the cross. We preach the, the, the hope of salvation for the world. And it is only through the message of Jesus Christ. So as, uh, as I mentioned in this book of Colossians, there's just so much uh, that's condensed into just a few words here. Let's go back to chapter 1 and verse number 13. And this kind of describes what Christ accomplished for us. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. This is verse 13. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Two verses of scripture there that are power packed with what Christ has accomplished for you and for me. First of all, it says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. Amen. Praise God. We can't save ourselves from the judgment that's coming. If you're in sin, it makes no difference who you are or how good you are morally or how good of choices that you've made or how good of a life that you've lived. 
You're under the judgment of God. If you have not met Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not come to the cross of Jesus Christ, it makes no difference how good your moral decisions are or how good of a person that you've been. You're not going to go to heaven on the basis of your goodness or your morality. You're going to go to heaven on the basis of what Christ accomplished at Calvary on the cross of Jesus Christ. And so the apostle says he's, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. The word literally just means that he has rescued us. We're all headed to judgment. But we, and, and we deserve the judgment of God. But God slipped in and he rescued us from the judgment that we deserved uh, to receive. He res he's rescued us from the darkness of sin and the world that just swallows us up and we have no hope and there's no solution. That's the condition of people in our world right now. A lot of people in our nation right now have come to the end of themselves. In the last few years, the suicide rates are growing every year by about 5% every year. It's incredible that there could be literally thousands and thousands uh, uh, going back about five years, 48,000 and some, 48,000 plus, many of these are younger people who don't have hope for their future. They can't see any way out of the struggles that they're in. They have come to the end of themselves and there seems to be no answer and no hope for them. Sometimes, uh, I know some have blamed things like the pandemic and all of that, and I'm sure that many of these things have contributed uh, contributed to the hopelessness in our world, um, but just uh, just the pressures of life, the stress and the worries, and uh, uh, looking to the future, and they can't see that they have a future. There's no hope for them, and they're in despair. And then the enemy of their soul is convincing them that their life is meaningless, that they have no purpose, and there's no hope for them. Jesus came and delivered us from that hopelessness. He's rescued us from that hopelessness. And so uh, I just believe that, um, that we need to declare the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to preach the cross because the cross has the final word in all of this situation. The cross is the final word. That there's no answer, no solution, no hope except in the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a world that's given up hope, but our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in another world. Our hope is in the Son of God and the hope that he's provided for us. And we've been rescued from the power of all of the darkness that seems to control this world. Amen. Then he says he's, he's delivered us and he has, has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When a nation would defeat another nation, many times they would take, uh, just as they did, the, the Babylonians took from uh, the children of Israel the cream of the crop, the young, the strong, the healthy, the, those that had potential and, and uh, future, and, and they stole them away and took them, and they, they come under the dominion of the Babylonians. They come under, into, that, into that new kingdom. Well, what Jesus has done for us, he's not only delivered us from the power of darkness, but he's also translated us, or he has 
moved us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Amen. So now we are, we are under the control and the power of, of, of God and the spirit of God. We're now a child of God. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we've been moved. We've been transferred, translated into the kingdom of light. So we have a new life, a new hope, a new uh, victory. And that has come through Jesus Christ who has delivered us and he has translated us. And then in the next verse, it says, um, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So he has delivered us, he has translated us, and he has redeemed us. Praise God. He has redeemed us. Amen. We have redemption according to verse 14 of Colossians number uh, of chapter 1 and verse 14. We have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sin. To redeem just means to, to pay a ransom. This payment to, was, made, was not paid to Satan. This was a payment that was made uh, to uh, satisfy the demands of the law of God that we could not satisfy. But we have been redeemed and purchased and bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. Praise God. So he has delivered us. He has translated us. He has redeemed us. And this text says he's also forgiven us. These are some of the wonderful things that we received because of the benefit of the cross of Jesus Christ. He's forgiven us. He's canceled our debt. That's all it means. That we deserve judgment. And that we're under uh, the penalty of our own sin. But Jesus stepped in and canceled all of our debt and redeemed us and saved us and forgave us, canceled our debt, and no one could do that but Jesus. Praise the Lord. The phrase literally means that he, he cancels our debt so that there is no record of wrong ever found again. Praise God. This is gone. Amen. No record of wrong. When the, when the enemy tries to say, yeah, but before you were saved, you were this. You did this. You were involved in that sin or that, that activity. Uh, but Jesus came and forgave you or he has canceled all of that. Amen. So don't let the enemy bring to your mind all your failures and all the things of your past. Jesus went to the cross to take care of your past. Jesus went to the cross to redeem you, to cancel your debt and to wash you and to cleanse you. Praise the Lord. So it's all because of Jesus. And it's all because of the cross. And the cross has the final word on this. The cross is the final word on this. He's delivered us. He has translated us. He has redeemed us. He has forgiven us through his blood. Amen. The blood reminds us of the awful price that had to be paid so that we can be saved. Oh, it was a horrible, horrible death. Uh, unbelievable uh, tragic, violent death that Jesus experienced uh, that he went through for you and for me because he knew by going to the cross he was going to be able to cancel all of your debt to forgive you of your past and to translate you, to move you into the kingdom of light. Praise God for all that Jesus has done through the work of the cross. Amen. Now to the world, 
the message of the cross doesn't make any sense. The Bible says it's foolishness. The world can't understand it. They can't conceive of it. Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, the preaching of the cross, so then the perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So Jesus' death on the cross, it looked like a big victory for Satan, like Satan had finally won the ultimate victory that Jesus was nailed to the cross and died on the cross. It looked like this big victory for Satan, but instead it turned out to be Satan's biggest defeat. Praise God. It was his biggest defeat for which he will never be able to recover from it ever. Amen. Because Jesus went to the cross and the cross, it's the final word. Amen. You can put your confidence in the word of the Lord today. Amen. So what all did we learn from our text here in, in chapter 2 as to what Christ accomplished for us on the cross? As I said, it's all condensed into just a few verses here in the, in the book of Colossians, but it is mighty, it is powerful. Let's look one more time at the text there in verse 14. Botting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That's the law of God. We're all breakers of the law. We all, the law was beyond us. We could not keep from breaking those laws in our natural ability. But he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. He removed it and separated it from us so that we, it was all nailed to the cross. And that finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross took care of the problem of our nature, our sin to nature, uh, our nature to sin rather. And we will, we, uh, as long as we remain uh, in fellowship with Jesus, you don't have to worry about all that. You don't have to worry about being condemned or being hopeless or lost. As long as you stay in fellowship with Jesus, you're going to walk in the victory. And that's what verse 15 talks about. Three victories in verse 15. The first one is having spoiled principalities and power. What does it mean? It means that he stripped Satan of all of his power, all of his ability against you, all Satan, all of his demon hordes, and all of their weapons, and all of their devices, and everything that they want to use against you. The cross stripped that all away from, from the power of the enemy. Praise God. Spoil it. That's what an enemy would do. He would go into a city. He would go in and he would, he would spoil the city. He would take everything of value in that city and uh, take it to their own possession. That's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He spoiled the kingdom of darkness. He spoiled the works of the enemy. He went in and he stole away and, and, and stripped them of all of their power and their ability. And that's what the cross accomplishes for every one of us. Amen. Praise God. Sure, Satan sometimes wants to get an advantage and come against you, but you just remind him, wait a minute. That was taken care of at the cross. That was, back, that was dealt with at the cross. 
Don't bring up my past. Don't bring up my failures in the past. Don't, don't bring up those things to me. That was all taken care of when I knelt at an altar of repentance and put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That was all taken care of at the foot of the cross. And the cross has the final word in this. Amen. Praise God. So he spoiled principalities and powers. And then it said he made a show of them openly. Again, this is a picture of what uh, oftentimes the Roman armies would do. They would go in and they would spoil all their goods, take all of their, their possessions, take their, their, uh, their leaders, their kings, their generals, their, their military leaders, and parade them through the city to let them all know these were the powerful ones, but now they are subjected to the Roman army. And so they would lead them publicly in a parade through the city and letting them know that, uh, and making, an, making a show of them openly or making a spectacle of them. That's what the conqueror would do when he would go in and would show or put on display his great victory over his enemy. That's what Jesus has done. Amen. The victory that's in this verse of scripture, verse 15, is pretty amazing because he spoiled principalities and powers and then he put on display a public spectacle, all of the efforts of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, all of the darkness of the enemy uh, to let us all know that Christ Jesus is victorious over sin. And you, you and I can walk in the freedom and deliverance uh, from that sin. And then it says triumphing, triumphing. Made a show of them openly, triumph, triumphing over them in it. Again, this is, this is the picture of uh, that victorious army who marches through the city in a celebration, a procession that uh, is celebrating the fact that they have won the victory over their enemy the whole city, there would be, the, the streets of the city would be filled with flowers and uh, with uh, uh, all of these sacrifices and the smoke and the, the smell of them would go up in the city. It was the smell of sweet victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what he's talking about there. Triumphing over them in it. And that's what Christ has done for you and for me. And that's why this week, about a third of the New Testament or the gospel writings all dealt with this last week of the life of Christ. That's how important it is. That we get it right. That we understand the importance of the message of the cross. What Jesus did when he went to the cross. Amen. As I've already said, all of history passed was looking and living toward the day when Jesus was going to go to the cross. And now you and I, all these thousands of years later, we look back to that day because that's where the victory was won. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You take the cross and the message of the cross out of the Bible, and the Bible is just a dark and empty book. If you take the message of the cross out of God's word and out of our message, then we have really nothing to offer to the world. We have nothing to offer. It is this message that has the power of God unto salvation. The preaching of the cross 
has the power. It is the power of God unto salvation. So we declare the cross has the final word in this situation. It's not what Satan says or anyone says, but God has provided a way for everyone to be saved. Amen. You've heard the term, it is the crux of the matter. Of course, the word crux comes from the cross. Crux. The crux, it means a crisis or a decision point. Everyone has to come to that crux of the matter, to the cross, and make a decision. Am I going to let Christ take control of my life, or am I going to go on in my sin and live my life to my own desires and my own wishes? Many of you today, some of you here in this service today, no doubt you're at that crux, that position, that decisive point where you need to turn your life over to Jesus and you need to let the Lord change your life. Praise God. As most of you know around here, this building has been hit by lightning several times. And uh, the last time that the building was hit uh, with lightning, then there was the, the repair and the, the whole top of the building had to come off and, and be completely renovated. One of the things that uh, we knew we had to do is we had to protect the building from any more lightning strikes. <laughs> and so when you look up at the top of this building from the outside, you're going to see the spire, the steeple. It shoots up into the air, almost 70 feet up into the air. And uh, at the top of that spire is a cross. What you may not notice is at the top of that cross, there is a rod that comes out of the top of that cross. It's a lightning rod. It's grounded. There's two different grounding cables that run all the way from up, to the, up at the top of the, the building, all the way down to the ground in two different locations here in, in the building. Big cables have been run down by a lightning protection company out of Louisville, I believe it was, or maybe Lexington. But uh, they came and they installed that lightning protection. And uh, so I often will say to people, the cross saves us. Anytime we've got a lightning storm, it's the cross that saves us. Praise God. And there's more truth to that than just being saved from lightning. The reality is we are saved because of the cross, because of what Jesus did on the cross we celebrate that today and we praise God for what he's done and it's settled amen it's settled the cross has the final word it's been settled that Jesus went to the cross and that's the only way that you can be saved praise God praise the Lord let's pray father we thank you for the wonderful truth of the gospel thank you Lord that it changes our life and most important our eternity Lord, I just pray, Lord, that if there are some here today that they're in that crux of the matter, they're in that decisive place today where they're not serving you, Lord. They haven't given their life to you, Lord. I pray that today they'll come to the foot of the cross. They'll confess and repent of their sins and they'll put their faith and their trust in you as Lord and Savior and they can be saved this very day. Praise God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful provision that's ours today through the cross and through the shedding of your blood, through your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that we're saved 
not by anything that we've done or any good that it is, uh, it is of us, but is only by the precious blood of the Lamb. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Would you please stand with me this morning?